Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Friday, April 5th, and today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 18, uh, starting on the third paragraph through two paragraphs. Today's readers are, thank you for your service, Kim G, Lauren N, Du L, Tenzin P, Allison E, and our newcomer greeter, Nan K, and host, Lori W. The reference numbers for yesterday's Thursday, April 4th meeting, the 7 a.m. Eastern meeting, 12,743, 12743, 10 a.m. Eastern, 12,745, 12745. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Tenzin. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one. We admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation, to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power 
to carry that out. 10.12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing you all a blessed day. Thank you, Tenzin. I will now ask for Allison E. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Allison. Hi, good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Okay, great. Hi, good morning. This is Allison E. from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OE unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside, <clears throat> outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain for ne- forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Pass. Thank you, Allison. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 18. We are on the third paragraph going through two paragraphs. 
And I'm now going to ask Kim G to get us started. Go ahead, Kim. Thanks, Amy. And I'm starting out with highly competent, right, in two paragraphs? Yes. We're going to be okay. starting with highly competent psychiatrists. Yep. In two paragraphs. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. highly, highly competent psychiatrists who have dealt with – oh, sorry, I'm beeping – um, who have dealt with us have found it sometimes impossible to persuade an alcoholic to discuss his situation without reserve. Strangely enough, wives, parents, and intimate friends usually find us even more unapproachable than do the psychiatrist and the doctor. But the ex-problem drinker who has found the solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. And, uh, oh, wow, this is like, I've been in OA since uh, 1994, and this is just bringing back a lot of memories to me. You know, it reminds me when I first came into OA, and they told me, get a sponsor, get a sponsor. And, and I heard that term, you know, find someone who has what you want and ask him or her how he or she is achieving it. And what that meant to me at that time in my life was I was looking for the thinnest girl with the cutest boyfriend. You know, I was looking for the person that had that perfect food plan. You know, I remember so many times being in a room where they would say, well, who are the sponsors in the room? And there'd be just a few hands up. And then who are the available sponsors? And no hands, you know, there'd be no hands up. So I was so confused. Find a sponsor, but nobody's available. You know, I, I remember working with a girl um, who had been in AA for like four or five years. And her first OA meeting, she told me she went to and, the person leading the meeting was morbidly obese, said she'd been in OA for, for, you know, 20 years, that she had two weeks of abstinence, and everyone was clapping, and she was confused. And the woman approached her at the end of the meeting and said, you know, honey, this is not AA. This is OA. Sometimes the best we can do is just get two weeks. And I thought, oh, my God, like, that's what she's hearing. So let's look what the big book is telling us. The big book is saying, the, you know, ex-problem drinkers who found the solution you know, let me assure you that I am a compulsive overeater, but I do not suffer from compulsive overeating as a recovered woman. You know, someone who is properly armed with the facts about himself. What are those facts? Those facts are I have a twofold solution. I have an allergy of the body and I have a mental twist. What is the solution? It is a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps. And what is the plan of action? The plan of action is this step work. You know, when we say experience, strength, and hope, the question is, does that person who is offering to sponsor you, have they done the work? Have they absolutely gone through all 12 steps? And it talks here about the entire confidence of an alcoholic in just a few hours. You know, it reminds me again of, of 17 years in OA, temporary respite after temporary respite in the middle of a five-year relapse, that most of my experience was meetings that were basically junior therapy, dieting with group support, and I called into a phone meeting, not this meeting, just a healthy phone meeting, and it was electric. There were people there with depth and weight. There were people there who used the word recovered. You know, to me, that's the magic, the miracles of, of a meeting like A Vision for You, which is just an Overeaters Anonymous meeting. You know, I hear people say, I want, to, I want to start a Vision for You meeting. There is nothing magical about the format. What is electric is voices of depth and weight of recovery that are telling you, you do not need to suffer anymore. And I just want to end with this. You know, I often hear, welcome to the newcomers, welcome to the newcomers. And I get a little twitchy with that 
because I don't meet a lot of newcomers. I meet a lot of people like me that I just described that have been suffering through the rooms. So I want to say welcome, not to just to the newcomers, but to everyone who is suffering today. You do not need to suffer anymore because there is a solution. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. Okay, we're now going to open it up for sharing. Of course, if you haven't shared in a couple of days, we'd love to hear from you first. Who would like Nancy to share? Uh, Gail. Gail M. Nancy P. Gail M. Barbara E. Barbara E. Oh, Anita okay. L. Anita L. Shauna G. Shauna G. I can take a couple more. All right. Let's go ahead with that group. Nancy P, Gail M, Barbara E, Anita L, and Shauna G. Nancy P, you are up. Please go ahead. Hi. Thanks for letting me share. Um, I am in full agreement with Kim. I um, I was had been in this program since 1971, and I called my friend, you know, 47 years later, crying in my car, sticky with sugar, covered with crumbs, and sobbing that I couldn't stop eating. And I had had done everything that I could possibly do to, to not eat, you know, go to different meetings, go to more meetings, fewer meetings, different food plans, more food, less food, AWOLs, how? all kinds of things like that. Switching sponsors was my, my favorite thing to do. And it wasn't until I put the food down just for a day when I heard the message on this meeting and I began to believe that it wasn't just the others, it was me too, that I could have this thing, this recovery. And um, when I worked the steps, I got better. I found the solution. And there was no way. I didn't know that it was going to work. I was told, call this number and listen, but it's just a meeting. I mean, nothing. But somehow, you know, my higher power was like steam, and it, and it went into the cracks of the granite, and it broke it apart. And I was able to find the solution and reach out to others and help as many people as I can. And I was never honest with even sponsors. I have one sponsor who is who I've had one sponsor who I've known for decades and her, she, I was honest with, but um, she couldn't help me. She was just sympathetic and loving, but never, you know, never helped me stop eating. The thing that helped me stop eating and keep it, keep stopped was working the steps and you know, I went to therapists. I mean, I did everything except surgery, I think. I did everything except surgery and put the food down to stop eating. But once I really stripped off everything, you know, got right down to the bare wood, um, nothing worked. But yet, when I did do all those things, everything worked. I mean, everything worked in spades. I, I can't believe, and I'm only at the beginning. I'm only like 18 months in. 
and I've been saying this to sponsees, the further away that I get from my start date, the further away I get also from the middle. Like it's an infinite, endless process. And if I'm only 18 months in and I feel this good, imagine I think to myself how good I'm going to feel when, you know, in two years and five years and 10 years. And I will say too that, you know, I continue, I'll stop and wind up in one minute, in one second. I, I stop, I walk through things without eating and I think, okay, you know, that's done, but something else always comes up and I have infinite ways that I can learn. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nancy P. Okay, Gail M. followed by Barbara E. Go ahead, Gail. Hi, this is Gail M. For the, um, from New Jersey. Uh, Gail M., and I want to thank you, Kim G., for your service and, of course, for the meeting being here. Um, yeah, a lot hit home. Um, I um, came back to um, OA after suffering for about 20 years. I came here in 93 for a few years, and, um, you know, I lost 25 pounds to get into a wedding gown. I came for a few years. I went back out and did more research for uh, 20 years, came back 100 pounds heavier. And I have to remember that. Um, all those that are suffering in and out of the rooms when I do my prayers because um, I was suffering so bad. And um, with my gratitude list each day, I just pray for everybody in and out of the rooms. And I understand how important the newcomer is. I do. But I went to a meeting in Terry Hill uh, a while back. I have about a year and three months now. Not about, but I do. Wonderful sponsor, work my program, read and write, blah, blah, blah. I went to a meeting in Terry Hill uh, a while back, and this meeting used to be huge in the 90s, huge. And there were like three people there. And so since there were three people there, they were all focused on the newcomer, you know. And um, I was kind of annoyed, but I guess I needed to be there. And I do have to remember that all those people that stand up and, you know, are working it were examples to me also so that now I can be an example to those. It's um, a program of attraction and um, just so grateful for my new life. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Gail M. Barbara E., you're up, followed by Anita L. Uh, good morning. Did you just say I was unmuting? I was unmuting, so I couldn't hear anything. Yes, Barbara, it is your turn. Please go ahead, oh, and I hear you well. Thank you so much for this. I love these meetings. And I do, for me, I understand how important the newcomer is because OA doesn't get the respect, in my opinion, that AA and NA and even GA gets. There are so many A's out there. And you don't hear about overeaters enough. I never want to go to a room of a Friday or Saturday or Sunday when I always go to -to face-to-face and find that I'm the only person in the room. And for me, I need the fellowship. I need to look you in the eye. I need to reach out to you, hold your hand, and think, you understand me. After living 50 years with a wonderful husband, he still doesn't understand me. He'll offer me something when we go out for a restaurant out of the kindness of his heart, and I do appreciate it, but I can't eat it, and he knows it. And then he'll say the fatal words, 
oh, you can have just one. Well, I like being offered it, so I can say no, but you can have just one is dangerous for me. Now, I had gone through so many programs, as you probably all know, I won't even go into them, and I needed to hit my rock bottom in order to be willing to do this program. They say it's a suggested program, but it really isn't a suggested program, folks, because it says over and over that there are musts in this uh, book, and we must follow it. We absolutely must. And I was the mistress of lying, denial, don't even know I'm lying, but I was constantly lying, lying. And they mentioned the word, I think maybe once or twice, our historians will correct us. They mentioned the word powerless, only once or twice in this whole book, but constantly over and over again, it says we're looking for power. And that's what I needed, power. I had no power. So now, who knew, 22 years later, I am praying every morning, and it helps me to get through the day. If I make a mistake, I make amends quickly. And I've learned, sadly, that the amends do not have to be accepted. Some people just are not ready. So I say the prayer for the sick man, and I go on with my day. I call my food sponsor every single day, and she's my life sponsor too. So I give her my food because it feels comfortable. I like it, and I like the connection with this beautiful woman. And I tell her what issues I've had, how I've been dealing with them, how some of them work and some of them not. I went to a psychiatrist, paid over $100 an hour, and my psychiatrist could do nothing for me. I went to my doctor. My doctor was flummoxed. But you folks, you reached out your hands. You speak the language of the heart. And that's what I need. I need to remember every day, I'm a compulsive overeater. I love food. And I continue to love food. I don't eat what I don't like. I eat only what I like. I know what's in my corral of safe foods. I know what isn't. And I know what I need to do every single morning, five mornings a week. And then on Saturday, I get to do it again with a different meeting, rebuilding relationships, wonderful people, wonderful recovery, wonderful texts they've chosen. Oddly enough, it's blue and it's called Alcoholics Anonymous. And then there are the wonderful special editions. We are so blessed. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. I pass. And welcome to the newcomers. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara E. Okay, Anita L., you are up, followed by Shauna G. Friendly reminder, we are on page 18 on the third paragraph, going through two paragraphs. Focus on those two paragraphs. Go ahead, Anita. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everyone. My name is Anita L., uh, recovered for today. 
living outside of Philadelphia. So I wanted to share on this um, italicized paragraph, which means it's very important because I could relate in with yesterday at my face-to-face meeting. Um, There was a newcomer there. And so we do give a newcomer's meeting at the end of our meeting. And the leader asked, would anyone be willing to do a newcomer's meeting? And so I waited because I give a lot of service at that meeting. And I waited for somebody else to raise their hand. And after 10 or so seconds, nobody raised their hand. So I raised my hand. And... uh You know, so, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution. So what is the solution? So I was able to say to this young girl who was 23 that my first OA meeting, I was 23. Do you believe that? (laughs) I was actually the same age. So there, Hopefully, she could relate in. She looked kind of scared. So, you know, I don't know if she was able to really focus and and process everything I was saying. But I just felt like, wow, God put this young woman in my life yesterday. And so I have found the solution. And the solution is that I have put down all, every single one of my alcoholic, my my trigger foods that I want to take more and more and more of. And I, I can't predict with any certainty how much I would eat. So I have surrendered all those foods. I didn't, I didn't go into detail like that with her, but um, I've put down the food and I have found that I'm freed from the obsession with the food because I have worked the 12 steps. And she didn't know anything about AA or uh, the steps. So I said, just keep coming back. Just listen. Uh, Maybe find someone who can help guide you through and who has more experience than you. And so here where it says, okay, so, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. And I took took um, note, I'll, I'll end in a second, um, mm-hmm. that I I heard myself speaking with calmness. And love, and and I did say to her, I came to this program because I was busting out of my clothes, and I stayed because I'm learning to love myself, one day at a time. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anita L. Shauna G. It's your turn. Please go ahead. Uh, this is Donna G. I think I oh. think that's it. May Donna. be Shauna out there. No, I think it was you, Donna. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. Donna G. uh, from Pennsylvania. Um, Very grateful and grateful for your service today. Um, I'm just full, full, full of gratefulness today. And I love these paragraphs. 
I um, the start of the paragraph, the first paragraph about people in the uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, you know, people in the helping field. It really grabbed my attention because um, although I'm not a psychiatrist, I work in um, a, a counseling profession, and I have a sister who does as well. My sister is in another 12-step program, and she's really my Abby. She's really the one who, um, you know, they say it's a program of attraction, not promotion. She's really the one who, um, not even really through talking directly to me, but um, I don't think there's probably anybody other than my children who I know better in this world than my siblings. And um, just knowing her so well and seeing the changes in her life as she worked the steps um, really, really uh, drew me in, wanted me, you know, I wanted to uh, find out what she was doing. I wanted to um, get it for myself. And although she's in a different program, you know, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, for me, it's not about the food. The food's not the problem. Um, you know, it, it, so this spiritual awakening that I am so grateful for that is definitely a result of me working the steps um, is, is, is what I'm finding is, it's, you know, it's for everyone. We come from a very big family, um, and what I'm learning and a, a big part of my spiritual awakening is realizing that, um, you know, there's not just enough for a few people. You know, I, I, I always had to share everything, come from a big family. You know, it's, there's not just enough for a few. We don't have to, like, uh, you know, squabble over it. You know, there's there's enough of, you know, there's enough for everyone. There's enough for everyone. Uh, we do have to do the work, but there's enough for everyone. And um, I think a lot of my fears and a lot of my um, character defects had to do with um, thinking that, that there's not enough. I'll never get my peace. So I have to be selfish. I have to um, be, you know, self-seeking. I have to do those things because I won't get mine. I won't get it. Um, so I'm just so grateful. I feel like um, I'm just, uh, I'm in deep, deep gratitude um, to my sister who uh, showed me that recovery is possible. I'm deep gratitude for this um this message that you all carry every morning. I'm so grateful to you. And um, I would like to encourage the newcomers to keep coming. I mean, uh, the one thing you see is, oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Donna G. Okay. We'd like to open up and take some more names. Who would like to share on page 18, third paragraph, focusing on those Sharon K. from New York. I think I heard Jewel. Somebody R. What was your first name? Jewel. Jew, I got you. There, I got you. Sharon K. Allison E. I've got Sharon K. Jewel, Larry K. Allison E. Was there someone that I missed? I didn't get. Lisa J. Okay. Lisa J. All right. Let's go with that. Sharon K, Duel, Larry K, Allison E, Lisa J. All right, Sharon K, you're up. Please go ahead. Thank you. Um, I, the, the part I got uh, that really resonated with me today is until such an understanding is reached, little, little or nothing can be accomplished. 
You know, I've been in OA for a long, long time. And my problem is that I didn't think I was using it as a diet club, but I was using it as a diet club. I was so focused on weight. I would go through the steps, but I was going through the steps without God. Um, And so I was getting some relief, but I was just, I was chronically relapsed. And it was actually my daughter that broke through to me one day. And I was upset because I had relapsed yet again. And I was, you know, focused on the fact that I would never lose this weight. And she just stopped and she said to me, Mom, don't focus on the weight. Focus on how you change as a person when you're in the food. And she said it in such a loving way that I got it. And like, I just, like, I hadn't seen the relationship between my depression and my fear and my anxiety and all those bedevilments and me eating. I just thought those were all external things that um, that were happening to me. And for some reason, that for me was the person who, who broke through and and it changed my life. I just came into program with a different perspective. I wasn't coming in just to lose weight. I was coming in because my life was unmanageable as long as I stayed in the food. And it just completely turned turned around for me. So this this whole piece about, you know, um, you have to really see and be armed with the facts about yourself and, and hear from somebody else what it's doing to you. Um, makes a real difference because it doesn't, I mean, for me, a diet club, any kind of diet club doesn't work. Thank you. And I'll pass. Thank you, Sharon Kay. Okay. Due L followed by Larry Kay. Go ahead, Due. Good morning. This is Due, Recover Compulsive Reader from New York. Um, I love this because it reminds me you learn from two ways. Um, you either learn from experience or you learn from others. And, you know, I was the type of person that was like the crash dummy. I had to hit the wall, crash into the wall, get totally mangled, repeat the same experience over again, repeat the same experience over again until, you know, I'm at the point of almost dying. And so, you know, someone comes over to me and says, do you want to learn that way or do you want to step back and let me show you that you can learn from others and you could not have that experience anymore, you know, and it took another person that could relate to my totally being mangled to be able to do that. Someone that was ordinary, that was in the crash site like I was, could not help me. Someone that was a bystander could not help me. Um, it had to be someone that had gone through what I had gone through in order for me to get the confidence to say, hey, you know what? I know what you're talking about. I, I totally identify with that. And so now I'm ready for you to show me that way, right? So it says here that, you know, an ex-alcoholic can pro- ar- probably armed with facts about himself can win the confidence, the entire confidence of another alcoholic in a few hours. Normal people, Normal eaters are not going to do that with me. 
they have tried they have a try to appeal, appeal to me but they don't have the language that speaks to me because they don't have the problem that i have so this is saying here you know if you really want what i have you know someone like mickey mouse can teach you but if you really don't want this someone like a master teacher like jesus christ can't do it for you you know so it's saying here that not ordinary people can help you with this problem. It has to be someone that's armed, that has death and weight. And the person that has death and weight is the one that has gone through the experience with me. Now, you know, someone did take me out of that crash site and said, hey, there's a different way. You can slow down. You can look at this situation. You can actually um, process this without hitting that wall anymore. And thank God for that. You know, thank God that someone took me out of that situation, show me a different way of how to drive safely without keeping crashing and keeping having accidents. And so that's what the steps teach you. They teach you to slow down enough to take a different route, to look at a different way of how to do this without getting yourself killed. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Duel. Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Allison E. Go ahead, Larry. Hey, Amy. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Um, I'll set my timer. You know, I I like what what everyone's had to say. I particularly like what Kim had to say about this because it it certainly resonates. You know, Dr. Jung was a absolutely was a competent uh, psychiatrist, right? Who, but he was not an ex problem drinker. Uh, who had found this solution. Uh, he wasn't, he couldn't possibly pro- be properly armed with uh, the facts about himself in, in, with, in, in that regard, right? But he was certainly competent. He could not help Roland Hazard. Roland Hazard would have to uh, connect up with someone in whom the problem was solved. See, the, um, the, we are spiritually ignited, less so, by the, you know, the cognitive processing of learning information by reading this book or showing up to this meeting. I mean, it's all good stuff. But it's more by the experience of doing the work. We must change as a result of doing the work. That's why we we need to follow the instructions in the big book precisely. Because somehow, for some reason, that produces some sort of psychic change in us where we change inwardly. If we are just crossing T's and dotting I's and using techniques in conceptualizing, intellectualizing, maybe we don't experience that internal shift and thus we don't, we don't become aligned with our higher power. We need this power. We have to tap into this power source beyond ourselves. The steps when followed precisely, these men and women found that it produced that change. It happened less by the intellect and more by the moments of, of chills up your spine or welling up with tears and so forth because you're unmasking for the first time. We need to unmask. Those are visceral experiences, right? They're deep inward experiences. They're not from the intellect. They're instinctual feelings from the gut. That's why a spiritual awakening doesn't happen in the classroom. It happens while we're trudging the actual road, right? Doesn't it? 
not conceptualizing the trudge, but trudging. Doesn't it say having had a spiritual awakening as the result of learning about coloring your book? No, by doing the steps. The miracle was always in the doing. It was the methodical doing, and then we unmask and we face up to some hard facts. It's tough to do that. Where were we wrong, selfish, dishonest, fearful, resentful, all those things? That's where the unmasking happens and we begin to experience a change and we tap into a power that's not human. With that, I pass, Amy. Thanks for your service. Thank you so much, Larry. Allison E., you're up by Lisa Day. Allison, go ahead. Hi, good morning. This is Allison E. from New York, a recovered compulsive overeater, also first-time sharer on this line. Welcome. So the one, thank you. So the one word uh, this morning that's really um, sticking out for me is unapproachable. So that word means um, distant, unreachable, remote, detached, not welcoming or friendly, isolated. So I think for so many years, that was me. I was unapproachable. Why? Because I was binging my brains out pretty much 24 hours a day into my food, into my disease. Um, With that being said, being a mother, a wife, a daughter, a sister, playing all these roles, I was so, every time that I binged, I was putting a barrier around myself. Um, The bigger I got, the more unapproachable, unapproachable I got. So um, I came into the rooms a long time ago, but it wasn't until recently that I did find somebody um, in who the problem had been solved. And I had come in contact with a lot of people who the problem had been solved. Um, But it wasn't until I was willing to admit that I have this fatal illness, like that seriously is killing me, that um, is ruining my life, that is making me unapproachable by every person that I come in contact with. It wasn't until I really believed that with every ounce of my being. And thank goodness I had, there is a solution, right? And what is the solution? It's the 12 steps and God. And by the grace of God, I have found a solution today. And you know what? It's not, um, it wasn't until I started working this program, like my booty is on fire and took the cotton out of my ears. And I know people say that all the time. And I actually used it with my students yesterday. But it's so true, because I was always thinking that I was listening and taking direction, and I wasn't. And um, that's really hard. It's really hard for me to admit that, you know, I'm not um, doing what people tell me to do. But until I started doing what people tell me to do, nothing worked. So um, I'm just so grateful that the chapter of this, you know, there is a solution. Thank God there is a solution because I was really unapproachable. And, you know, it's a really sad, sad thing when I have so many roles that I play um, and that I, you know, mean a lot to so many people. And I just, um, I'm just very grateful. So I think I'm going to pass now. Thank you for letting me do this. Thank you so much, Allison E. Lisa J., it is your turn. Good morning. This is Lisa J., gratefully recovered for this 24 hours. So the thing that was highlighted to me was this word understanding. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. So what is this understanding that I have to have? Um, 
I have to understand the twofold nature of this disease, the mental obsession and the physical craving. I have to understand that we were compulsive eaters and could not manage our own lives. I can't stop when I start and I can't stay stopped. Two, probably no human power could have relieved my compulsive overeating. Uh, there's no amount of, there was no psychiatrist or psychologist, there was no therapy, no diet, no self-reliance, self-knowledge, willpower, none of that was enough. And um, that God could and would if he were sought. I have no mental defense against the first bite. And this defense must come from a higher power who I choose to call God. So these practical 12 steps for me led to the spiritual awakening. And that was the psychic change that was necessary for me to sufficient to bring about recovery, to be, co re, to be recovered from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It wasn't the food. It was the food that was, it wasn't the food I was eating. It was what was eating me. And until I could get through the steps and get rid of some of these defenses and this fear and all these things were, that were causing me to act in a manner that I needed to um, get a sense of ease and comfort from, I couldn't get rid of the desire to eat or exchange that for something else, something else that would give me the comfort that I wanted. So I'm really grateful to have that understanding today and to be able to share that. And thanks to everyone who's helped me along the way. Great shares this morning. Great meeting. Thank you for your service. Pass. Thank you so much, Lisa J. Okay, so we have time for a few more shares. So who would Melissa. like to share? Melissa C. Melissa? Sally A. Sally A. One more, maybe? Vinny T. I'm sorry, who P? Vinny T. Vinny. Vinny. Okay. Let's go with these three and then see what we have left. Melissa C., Sally A., Vinny P. Go ahead, Melissa. You're up. Hi. Thank you so much for your service this morning, Amy. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, oh, my gosh, I'm just, like, so full of smiles and thinking, like, what, like, wins over my, you know, entire confidence um, is is this beautiful program and people recovering all around us. You know, like, um, when I first came in, like like so many people, I was I was beaten down, like, over and over by by this disease, by all the other things I tried that I had such confidence in when I tried them. I really did. Like every time I opened up my checkbook and wrote a big fat check for some fix-it scheme, I was really confident that it was going to work. And, you know, beaten down enough, I had no confidence left when I came into OA, I could barely make eye contact with people in that room because um, I was just in so much pain and I felt um, like so bad, like I was such a failure. And what won over my confidence then was people who had recovered, who um, told their story. They did what I did. You know, they thought what I thought, they'd been where I'd been, and they weren't there anymore. And that just filled me with such hope. And today, um, I continue to get that same feeling from seeing, um, not only knowing that it happened for me, 
but I see it happens for others and it never, like it never fails if we thoroughly follow this path. Every single person I have met in this program who thoroughly follows this path, we all get the same incredible results. And I can hear it on this line. I hear people who I've had the incredible pleasure of knowing and working with, and they introduce themselves as recovered. And that just gives me such confidence. There's not a thing in this world, I feel like, that can't be overcome with the power of God. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Sally A., you're up. Hi, this is is Sally A. Good morning Um, from New Jersey. Um, This part is just such a testament to uh, the power of God through fellow humans. (laughs) Um, You know, like it's a testament to friendship, what true friendship is, you know, telling someone the truth despite the consequences. And um, my brother was always my best friend growing up, and he became a drug addict. And, of course, I was an addict, too, but for years I didn't know. You know, I just thought I was um, a chubby kid and liked food. And, you know, he was always the black sheep of the family. And, you know, you know he's the drug addict and, oh, poor him. And, and you know, he's the pathetic one. And, and then when he got into recovery, um, I think he had to wait till he felt I was ready to hear this message because he had told me he had known it all along with me as well. But... You know, it took him going to get treatments for his um, his um, hepatitis in New York City, me driving him with a bag full of fast food in the car, and he just looked at me and looked at the, the bag of, of food and said, you know, if this was heroin, would you want me to have it? And I said, no. And he says, well, this is your heroin, and I don't want you to have it. And he explained it to me. And he did get my comp- he 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 was a competent person to me because I knew how bad he was and how honest he's always been with me and um and he convinced me, so I went to my first o a meeting that night, and then I heard about other fellows saying that this is how they cope with life, you know they eat, and just hearing that you know from another person, it just like the light bulb went off after so many years of of just eating and not realizing that this was an addiction. Um, it really was a magical moment and continues to be. I share about it all the time. It's just a magical, magnificent, spiritual moment in my life when he finally told me the truth. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Sally A. Okay, Vinny P., it's your turn. Uh, Thank you. Can I be heard? I can hear you. Uh, thank you. This is Vinnie T. in North Carolina. Thank you all for your service. Um, I was, when I came into our tiny little face-to-face meetings that we have around here, we're lucky if we get two or three people at a meeting. Um, it wasn't that I saw a lot of recovery. Um, there, the people, you know, are, were on their journey. They had not reached recovery yet. Um, which we did find uh, through hooking up with this this phone meeting. But what I saw were people that I wanted to be like because they they lived in a way that, that was serene and, 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 and they knew how to handle life. And I wanted that more more than anything. Um, 
you know, I didn't know it at the time, but that to me was what recovery was, was to, you know, um, be able to, to live. Um, and I, I am so grateful for having met these people. And, and, you know, like they say, you know, we're so many different kinds of people, but I, I'm so grateful to have found this program and these people and to be striving to be like them in every way. And now I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Vinnie P. All right, so we have time for one more share. Who would like to take us out? Russ M. Russ, you are up. Please go ahead. <laughs> good morning, Amy. Good morning, my fellows. Russ M. Recover. Uh, compulsive reader outside of Phyllis. Um, so, you know, my, my Ebby was a, was a recovered crack addict, and he planted the seed. But, it, but two men on this line are who sealed the deal. I listened to a podcast. I heard two guys. The deal. Oh, we lost yes. you for a sec. You're back. Okay. They sealed the deal. The reason why they sealed the deal is because I know what the kicker was of the whole thing. They weren't rich. They didn't have it all together, but they were joyful and happy because of this solution. And that's what attracted me more. But the way this disease ravaged them and tore them apart, that's what sold me. And that, they gave my confidence, and uh, sure enough, I could call them friends and mentors. And uh, if it wasn't wasn't for that podcast, I don't know if I'd be on this on this line right today. So, you know, it wasn't the weight loss. It wasn't somebody telling me I was fat. It wasn't, you know, my doctor telling me I was going to die. It was, it was, you know, two 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 compulsive readers to another guy, and that's that's what saved my life. So. Y'all have a great day. Love you. Okay. Thank you, Russ. Okay. We are now going to – I'd like to thank everyone uh, who has shared. Please join us for a a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following. The share ID for today, Friday, April 5th, is 12,747. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Lauren N., if you could please take us out with that. Hi, Lauren N., can you hear me, Amy? I can hear you well. Please go ahead. Okay, sorry, it's just coming up. Uh, Okay, here we go. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will consistently disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. 
Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.